Welcome along to this bite-sized edition of Tax and Lunch. Thanks for joining me. I'm Vincent Lachardi. You're listening to the podcast for tax advisors to high net worth individuals, wealthy family groups and private clients. I'm really excited that you're joining me for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your team so they can also gain the inside perspective. Let's listen in. The first golden rule of dealing with the ATO is to assume that the ATO knows the answers to the questions that it is asking you. Don't think for a second, and I saw this quite a lot when I was uh, at the ATO, that practitioners can often think they can outsmart or are too smart for the ATO. And I won't go into them in detail, but I want to give you a sense of just very quickly the sort of powers that the ATO have and the approach that you should have in dealing with the ATO, whether it's cash flow boost, whether it's an audit, whether they are asking a revenue capital question, um, every claim or statement that you make to the ATO can be verified. Unless it is purely in your own knowledge or in your client's own knowledge, everything that you say to the ATO can be verified. And I'll give you an example. On this side of the fence, I was acting for a client who was under audit by the ATO on a revenue capital question, property developer question. And what occurred was the ATO went through its ordinary process of asking a lot of questions and the client was adamant that after 15 years or so, they were definitely not a property developer. They never had any intention whatsoever to develop a huge parcel of land on the outskirts of Melbourne. And it got to the point where the ATO, they were almost convinced, but not entirely convinced. And they decided that they were going to go to the local council. So they went to the local council using their formal powers and sought all of the client's planning applications in respect of that land. Lo and behold, very quickly, the client's case started to fall apart. And it fell apart because the ATO was able to uncover an extraordinary amount of information that the client had previously told the council in respect of what it, he or she wanted to do with that land. So here we had our submission to the ATO saying, not a property developer, yet hundreds and hundreds of pages of planning applications to the council, which the ATO was able to uncover. So always assume that the ATO will have the answer to the questions that it is asking you and that it will be a long and slow cross-examination is how I sometimes describe it to clients. And I'll give you a, a different example from this side, the other side of the fence from the ATO. When I was at the ATO, there was an objection where what the client or the accountant tried to allege was that for FBT purposes, the client's motor vehicle was parked at overnight at the client or the employer's premises. So what the ATO did, that position was put to the ATO and what they then did was went to obtain toll road records to determine where that car was at certain points in the day and lo and behold for the Victorians 
that this particular Lamborghini was traveling up and down East Link every single day to the Mornington Peninsula. And so it was impossible that the Lamborghini could have been um, uh, held at the employer's premises overnight. And the client's case quickly fell apart. So absolutely key golden rule when you're dealing with the ATO, the likelihood is they have the answer to the question that they are already asking you.